Welcome back to the Mountains in the Sea, where we find the high and low of each and every Prince album every other week. I'm Christy. And this is Josh. And we're so glad that you're back with us today. Today, we continue One Night Alone Live. We're diving into disc two, the back half of the show. Yep. All kinds of fun stuff here. This is a good one. Yeah, it's uh, a little more what people might have expected when they showed up for the show. Yes, they might have been surprised, hopefully not disappointed, but surprised at what they heard for the first hour or so of the show. Yep. And then we get a little bit more of One Night Alone and the Rainbow Children content, and then we get into some familiar stuff. Right. Going against Prince's own word of... (laughs) We don't care about what you know, (laughs) but what you are willing to learn. Yeah, well, we'll get there. Yeah. So we had looked at this booklet. You pulled this booklet out, and I don't know if you looked at it since we... You Uh, thought it was... It's been a while. I think it's from the Asian half of the One Night Alone tour. Actually, it's not. No? No, it's it's the 2003 world tour. Oh, okay. Okay, so it's not One Night Alone and yeah. it's not Musicology. Yeah, it's this uh it's Musicalone. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> alone with Musicology. Yeah. Yeah, something like that. So, there it's but it shares a lot of the same band members. So I'm just going to talk about this book really quick okay. because it's, it's a, a square tour book mm-hmm. with a shot of Prince on a black background similar to the One Night Alone cover, but his hair is shorter. It's more of a musicology perm. Mhm. It's beautiful and I very much looks like it could have come almost from that same photo shoot, same type of photo shoot. Same type, probably. Um, but like on One Night Alone, he still has long hair. Yeah. Like rave into the Joy Fantastic long hair. Right. Even though for the entire tour, it was cut pretty short. Right. It's definitely an Asian theme to it. All the band members are in mm-hmm. Asian-inspired outfits. The tour was in Hong Kong. Yep. Five stops in Australia. And all of those were in October of 2003. And then he must have been going to Hawaii for Christmas because he had two stops in Hawaii in December of 2003 that were also a part of this tour. So it was super, super brief. Mm-hmm. But it had a lot of the same people. So Rhonda Smith, John Blackwell, Renato Neto. The special guests are listed. Maceo Parker, Greg Boyer, Candy Dolfer. Additionally, Chance Howard. Yeah, who was, would be on the Musicology Tour. I think this was maybe a, a bit of a audition mm-hmm. for Chance Howard and a lady named Rose Ann Demolanta. Okay. Who goes by the moniker Rad, R-A-D, period. Yeah. And she was keyboards and vocals as well, and she'd worked with... Tower of Power and Sheila E. in the 90s. Okay. So she's also in this. There's some Prince musings about art. Yeah. Uh, it's meaning, what it means to be inspired, his thoughts on collaboration. You know, they're yeah. interesting and cryptic. It's definitely a bridge between One Night Alone and the musicology concept. For sure. Yeah. And he did play at every stop one song. 
from the Rainbow Children. He played the Everlasting Now. And other than that, it was all hits. So I don't know if it was that he kind of moved on or that he was trying to appeal to that audience. Or just looking to make some money. That's also possible. He had to pay for that Hawaiian Christmas vacation somehow. (laughs) Somehow. Who knows how? (laughs) A couple of shows would probably do it. And it had a big fun ad that's a little out of place in this book for the NPG music club. Oh yeah. It's It's like, it's a little bit of a visual mess. Yeah. Get exclusive merch. Yep. You know, it's, and just, but it's interesting. Every t-shirt he has, he also has a child size version of it, which was really cute. You got to start him young. That's right. But yeah. This is even advertising the one night alone live box set. Yes. Three CDs of live music. So yeah. It was kind of interesting. You'd pulled that out, and I thought, oh, I should look at that. Since we don't have anything really to talk about, we talked about the tour and all that stuff last time. Yeah, but so, no collateral stuff, yeah, merchandise. I right. Mean, besides so, the Rainbow Children album itself. Right. Which I think we covered. Yes. It was a short episode, 45 minutes or so. Oh, I don't. On the Rainbow Children. Oh, yeah. <laughs> If by short, you, you mean you remember, like... You remember editing that? Yeah, I do. Down to yeah. two hours or something? Uh-huh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> Great. I was like, I don't remember doing a short episode. <laughs> no. Because we haven't done a short episode in years. And since we're already <laughs> six minutes into this one, it may be the same. <laughs> Well, we can leave behind this tour book that really my, has... My, my, <laughs> Is it not the consequences of my own actions? <laughs> well, tour book, yes. We can leave behind this book that has really nothing to do with... No, it doesn't. One Night Alone Live. Good that we mentioned it. <laughs> but, well, I, I really d- thought it was associated with it some way, shape, or form. Um, I didn't really examine it much. I just pulled it out of the... Norman Archives uh-huh. closet and yeah. thought, we'll take a look at this. Yeah, well, it was, I mean, worth looking at. And because it wasn't in support of an album really at all, it was just kind of a hits uh, audition almost, for people. Yeah, it was almost like a hit and run tour. Y- yeah, I mean, I don't know that there would ever be another time that we would cover this. So I figured I should talk about it for yeah. a few minutes. You're right. So You're right. It was six minutes well spent. <laughs> okay, Family name. Disc two starts off with a bang. Or some drums, anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And some heavy breathing I in multiple it. channels. I love Really? I thought beatboxing. you would hate it. It bounced, but it, it was really cool. From right to left. Yeah. If I could, if I was sitting down and could ignore that, it was fine. Oh, but if you were standing up and can, could be confused by it, it might not be a problem. What's your family name? I don't know. I'm too dizzy. (laughs) The beatboxing. (laughs) So this one was recorded on April 30th, 2002 in Portland, Oregon. There's a lot of Portland shout outs on this side of the disc. Yeah. Did you catch uh, when the song starts, he references lyrics from another song? Oh, no, I didn't. Uh, When he says, to tell the truth, y'all, you got to tell the truth. Tell the truth, y'all. Got to. The truth oh. from the album and the song, The Truth. Oh, no, I didn't yeah. notice that. Nicely yeah. 
caught. Which I thought was kind of neat. I'm sure I noticed it before, but when I started listening to it again here the last couple of weeks, I was like, hey, that's from the truth. Which would probably seem very obvious to someone who's <laughs> been into Prince's catalog for so long, yet I surprised myself. <laughs> Isn't it nice that we can be surprised by the same things over and over? Yeah, I think yeah. it's called getting old and forgetful. Yeah, that's okay. But it's still fun. There's got to be some some benefits. To- <laughs> we'll just call it rediscovering, not there you forgetting. Go. There you go. It's a feature. It's a benefit. That's right. Especially for a podcast. That's right. He goes into uh, some name changes. He does. He wants to illustrate what he is singing about. Uh huh. So the first person he changes their last name to Blackburn. We're going to change your name tonight. Your new name is Blackburn. You cool with that? And then Rebecca, she didn't get it. She (laughs) She, seems clueless. She she doesn't get it. I don't. And what's your last name, Rebecca? (laughs) Sitzler. (laughs) Well, we're gonna give you a new name tonight, Rebecca. (laughs) And he renames her Outlaw. What's your name, madam? Rebecca. And what's your last name, Rebecca? Oh, we're going to give you a new name tonight, Rebecca. Outlaw. Yeah. I know he was trying to have f- a little fun, but it did seem kind of... <laughs> she's just you excited put, to yeah, be at a concert. Like, uh, in awe, right? And she's probably never heard the song before. No. Because, first of all, he's asking, what's your family name? And unless you're Korean or Chinese, usually that means your last name. And it goes over her head. Yeah. And she says, Rebecca, and that's not really what he was looking for. (laughs) No, but it was funny. I mean, he didn't. It wasn't at the level of what we saw during xenophobia, where he asked these questions, knowing how he was going to react, depending on what you said. And if you answered it the way he wanted you to, then you were rewarded with a guitar solo on stage. But most people would have answered the way that the first woman answered. It's not quite at that level of, I don't know, trickery. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> it's it's more just like she didn't get it and yeah. he kind of had fun helping yeah. her get, get it, there let me get you on track rebecca <laughs> <laughs> but how now, about you listen to my question rebecca <laughs> <laughs> yes but now rebecca is forever immortalized on this three disc set can we find rebecca <laughs> you know john oliver went off looking for those uh <laughs> Sexually positioned rats on last week tonight recently. I'll post a link to that. Then we could find Rebecca. Get her on the podcast. (laughs) She didn't need to come on the podcast, but she could. uh, Be fun to know who. Yeah. It was Sitzler, right? Her last name? I think she said Sitzler. Okay. And what's your last name, Rebecca? Rebecca. (laughs) And then she answers that. She's like following him now. Sitzler. (laughs) She doesn't get that she's being made fun of a little bit because Prince is talking to her and I so empathize with her. (laughs) Nor that it would be immortalized on an album. That's right. That will be re-released, by the way. We should mention that because we're coming up close on it. It was supposed to be, this whole thing was supposed to be re-released in April and it's now been pushed to May 29th, Up All Night with Prince, which includes The Rainbow Children, One Night Alone, 
and the live in Vegas DVD that is being reissued. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Well, if you're interested in seeing that thing that Josh was talking about with John Oliver and the <laughs> sexually suggestive rats, I'll post that on our social media. You can find us on Facebook, The Mountains and the Sea, a Prince podcast. You can find us on Twitter at tmats t-m-a-t-s podcast or you can send us an email tmatspodcast at gmail.com i mean what better reason to follow us on social media (laughs) a prince podcast that'll post a link to a british comedian living in self-isolation in new york looking for a painting of sexually engaged rodents that was sold on pbs right back in the (laughs) 80s back in the 80s (laughs) All right, so anyway, back to family name. Yeah, he's pretty faithful to the album lyrics. Yeah, he does make some other little ad-lib statements at a minute and 16 seconds. If you want to go higher, then we got to get deep. If you want to go higher, then we got to get deep. If you want to go higher, oh. So he's kind of giving his own princely warning to everyone that we're going to sing about some serious stuff so we can raise our intellect and our collective knowledge together as a group tonight. Fair. He, he does, like you said, he does pretty uh, faithfully perform the album version with the exception of kind of going back and forth between his falsetto and his normal register, like the teacher teacher verse at two minutes and 50 seconds. Yes. I love the delivery of that. So lyrically it was faithful to yeah. the album, but the delivery was different. And I, oh, you liked I it. made a note of that part in particular that it was super funky. Teacher, 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 teacher. What you say. And the same with the preacher preacher verse, which is my favorite verse from the whole album from the whole song. Right. Preacher preacher, is it true that Jesus wants me to give my money to the likes of you? Driving around in your Lexus coupe. Take us to the cleaners in a pinstripe suit. Love it. Yes. Preacher preacher. Is it true? Jesus wants me to give my money. In the album version, he says at one point during a breakdown, um, you know, talking about family names and maybe we should all start over, let everybody get in the game. And it's kind of whispered here in this live performance at four minutes and 34 seconds, he says, so what's your family name? Can anybody get in the game? And so it's a little different and a little more upfront, less hidden yeah. of a statement. You know, maybe we should hit reset. Yeah. What's your family name? Can anybody get in the game? Which I think is something we can also relate to looking at this uh, Facebook post that we came across about inequality and wealth. Oh, it's... We don't need to get into it here because I think we've taken enough diversions in the first 15 <laughs> minutes of the show. But um, I think you'll post that in social media also about wealth inequality, and well, it does just, relate to this a lot. Well, and just how much certain people are worth and how that compares to the average person and to groups of people as an entirety, like 
all of cancer treatment and things like that and yeah. how what a tiny percentage of Jeff Bezos worth that is that was mind blowing but yeah. I'll post that and Yeah now here of course he's talking more about uh racial inequality right um, but I think a lot of it has to do with wealth and money also Yes Yep Yeah and Prince wouldn't have made the list by the way as you know uh, no. as as well as he did and as famous and the way he amassed some a certain amount of wealth like that he didn't even come close so he spent a lot of what he, he made did, though he did. in in his defense <laughs> <laughs> if i'm going to defend his net worth i mean he spent money on stuff that never saw the light of day past the crew working on it yeah oh um, that's fine so yeah um, also notice there was no spitting in this version at four minutes and 44 seconds where right. I expected there to be a hawker appearance. Instead <laughs> there's watch it. watch it. Yeah. I thought that was really a really neat live mm-hmm. sort of rendition of that. And almost another like James Brown shout out. Yep. Yep. Is really cool. The last thing I wanted to point out was, um, He's a little more clear with his Thomas Jefferson reference at five minutes and 30 seconds where uh, his voice changes after he says, we found this tape in the Akashic Records. This is Thomas Jefferson. And he says, very plainly, my fellow Americans, yes, I own slaves too. Yeah. Which was not part of the album version, but was part of our speculation as to why it was included because he was a known slave owner. Yes, I actually thought that part was would have been confusing. I mean, he more overtly pointed out why he was talking about Thomas Jefferson there, but he didn't explain the Akashic Record at all. No, he never so, did that. Although <laughs> at least like, it's something that was plainly spoken. So, you know, you weren't walking away going, what does that mean? You walked away with a very specific question of what is the Akashic records. And that's something that you could, you know, right. Go look up. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. But I thought, man, that would have been kind of unsettling and confusing for people if they hadn't listened to the rainbow children, which I would say, yeah, maybe a lot. If, I would say a minimum of 60% of people at these shows had not heard it. You yeah. Know, certainly agreed. there were MPG music club members that made up 10% of the audience. Maybe, maybe um, I would think that they had probably 90% of those of that 10% had heard it. Right. But yeah. Yeah. Um, and we get the Martin Luther King jr. Speech at the very end mm-hmm. that I expected uh, when this first came out 18 years ago, mm-hmm. I expected it to run into the everlasting now because it was kind of like the rainbow children was being, um, performed kind of in order. Right. Uh, but we get our first real true surprise and our first real hit yes. of the show, which I thought was fun. It was because the first disc ended with avalanche and then this just starts with family name Two kind of heavy, educational Mm -hmm. songs yes and now here we are with take me with you yeah which is just like you learned some things now we'll have some fun yeah it's just like a little package that's a little gift that you get to have here it's your spoonful of sugar you 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 did a good job listening to your (laughs) listening to your medicine and here's some sugar listening to your medicine (laughs) (laughs) you're right so take me with you 
typically short, two minutes and 54 seconds, but we get the whole song. It was a duet between Prince and Apollonia on Purple Rain, and here we get a duet between Prince and Rhonda Smith, mm-hmm. essentially. And I have to say, because I did say in our previous episode that I didn't think Rhonda Smith was the greatest of vocalists that Prince has ever worked with. An amazing bass player. Listen to her album. I think we bought Intellipop at this show that we saw in uh, Houston. I think it was the I one so. thing that we bought yep. from the merch table. Yes, because um, we were poor then. Yes, we were. Yeah. I thought she does. A, I think she she does a great job on bass throughout this entire. I mean, always on bass, live or in studio. I think she's great. Here, I think her singing fits the song great. Yes, I agree. And Prince said on disc one, song three, Xenophobia, no Purple Rain here. I guess he really only meant the song Purple Rain because yeah. here we are. Yep, a song and from Purple there are, Rain. There are bootlegs, bootlegs circulating from later Asian parts of this tour where he does perform for Bahrain. Too. Yeah. Oh, so, really? Yeah. The song gets played too. <laughs> <laughs> we also mentioned on disc one, a reference to GW turn the lights GW. Yes. And we get that reference again here. Turn the lights GW. Let me see them. Yes, and this is four days later. Right. This yeah, was, this is April 24th, uh-huh, 2002 and, in California. Yes, and the last one was in Hollywood. This yeah. one's in Oakland. The last yeah. one was in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. So this but is four days California. later. Both in California. So he may have been auditioning, quote unquote, uh, for the California yeah. leg of the tour. Yep. Yeah. Who knows? The acapella at like a minute 16 is just, it's perfection. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's so good. Come on and touch the place in me. Calling out your name. I also like at one minute and 50 seconds, y'all know the bridge? Sing mm. it. Where you get the crowd singing, I don't care if we spend the night at your mansion. Uh-huh. Y'all know the bridge? There are many times in print shows where it seems like it's a little lazy to let the crowd sing, but here I felt like there were so many songs that were new that the crowd did not know, nor did he ask them to sing the chorus to. Right. By the time we get to Take Me With You, it actually is fun to hear the audience supporting him with singing. I agree. I I don't know. I generally feel like that's the kind of thing that when he does it, it's not so much lazy, it's... This is what I need to do to make the fans who are here right now happy. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I don't have any problem with it no. here at all. I think it's a lot of fun. Uh, the one thing I miss that I love about this is a stupid little part of the studio <laughs> version of Take Me With You. At two minutes and 25 seconds when they sing, To Be Around You is oh so right. You're sure perfection. And uh-huh. I'm waiting for him to say thank you. Because they do that on the, that's how he sings it on the studio version and uh-huh. a lot of other live versions is this little coy. But we don't get that here. Oh, oh. So I feel like I haven't been thanked. Oh, I'm sorry. I'll just go back to the studio version, listen to it, and get my thanks. Uh-huh. Josh? Uh huh. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) And if there's one thing you know about Prince 
from like the mid '90s forward. If he played "Take Me With You" live, it's gonna roll into Raspberry Beret, mm-hmm. guaranteed. Yeah, it's like uh, tax day and death. <laughs> Peanut butter and jelly. Yep. A boy and his dog. Yeah. <laughs> Take me with you and Raspberry Beret. Uh, this was from April 30th in Portland, Oregon again. And what I do like about this is we get the full versions of both of these songs. Mm-hmm. They're not truncated. Yeah. Uh, they're not edited down. We get all the lyrics, all the verses, all the choruses, mm-hmm. all the instruments. Yeah. All the takes and all the raspberries. All the brains. Yeah. And also he expresses to the audience how happy it makes him that they yeah, which seems know very this. Authentic. It did, really did. And mm-hmm. it was very sweet. Oh, you're driving me crazy up here. Making me feel so good, so good, so good. I think uh, so too. I mean, really, how else can a musical legend, even at this point 18 years ago, say an authentic thank you than to perform and say, you know, as people are singing along uh-huh. with him, that it makes him feel good. Yeah. And that's really cool. Yeah. He, uh, <laughs> questions. How many of y'all never seen me before? Question. How many of y'all never seen me before? Oh, first timers, huh? I I'm think that that question might've been misunderstood because people oh. went nuts. Like it was, how many of y'all never seen me before? <laughs> you know? And he's like, oh, first timers. Huh? Oh, see, and I thought it was just a lot of... First timers? First timers. Oh. You thought it was a misunderstanding of the I question? I thought it was Prince asking a question and the immediate reaction or like the go-to <laughs> thing in concert is to start screaming, yeah. yes. Yeah. Not really thinking about, you know, who wants to jump off this bridge with me? <laughs> oh, wait. Huh? <laughs> oh, no, wait. I don't really want to jump off a bridge. Don't make me jump off a bridge. I said that without thinking. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. So first timers, huh? <laughs> And then he says something that he says a lot of times on this disc is, if you don't know the lyrics of this song, you better ask somebody. (laughs) (laughs) If you did not come prepared, that is your own fault. Right. I'm going to see if you know the words of this song. If you don't, you better ask somebody. Come on, y'all. I am not going to put them up on a monitor anywhere. (laughs) This is not church in 10 years. Yep. Yep. (laughs) You're just going to have to sing along. Or sit there and mouth the word watermelon, or what is it that you mouth when you are trying to, yeah, watermelon, watermelon. So we get the full song, basically the album version. There's some violin parts that are Mm -hmm. in there that I assume are synthesizer, because there was not a violinist on stage with them. I thought this was great. (laughs) He uh, is talking about Old Man Johnson's Farm, Uh and he kind of sings it off mic, he uh, like he yeah. can't help but sing along. Like he's letting the audience sing, yeah. but he's pulled away from the mic. And he, the song's so infectious that he can't help but sing along either. I put on the back of my mind. Where we go? Yeah, it's fun. It's hard to think, even in like Prince's own mind, that song is basically what one twenty years old. Yeah. When this is done in 2002, which was yeah. 18 years ago. Yeah. Because it was a song from 1982, 1983, mm-hmm. and it originally. Yes. And there's really fun riffing over the chorus. Mm-hmm. Which is great. Yeah. 
the everlasting now another rainbow children right song. this is like it's kind of we got a splice in of take me with you in raspberry beret after family name and now and it's back to our education now yes a little but about a party <laughs> education that's right this is less heavy less full of racial strife and more of a come together kind of song mm-hmm. it does have the undertones of more religion uh, of, of, yeah. yes of the type of christianity that he was after but it is not as oppressively delivered i guess you could say yeah it's yes it's meant to lift people up yes and i think that part is clear yes and i appreciate that uh this is from april 30th also portland mm-hmm. dang portland 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 must have been a show he enjoyed quite a lot he liked it yeah, yeah. I love the introduction. Um, I think he probably. I think he knew that many people in the audience had not heard this music, and it would be new to them, and which is why he didn't ask for a lot of "sing with me" or "back off the mic and let the crowd sing the chorus." Right. Um, well, because they couldn't. But they he couldn't. does get them to jump up and down. That's true. A lot. Yeah. Uh, but at the very intro of the song, this is the everlasting now. You know, he sort of tease it up for everybody lets them know what he's about to sing uh-huh uh which i think is great this is the everlasting now the first uh well not the first another james brown reference sort of which you've mentioned earlier on family name when he sings the first verse i knew this dude who's very cool he used to rule till he went to school 28 seconds under his breath you can hear him say God. <laughs> yes I knew this dude, he was very cool. He used to rule until he went to school. Which I thought was kind of funny because uh-huh. the Jehovah's Witness religion is typically fairly fundamentalist, and that would be a no no. I totally agree. And he did it <laughs> through musicology, uh-huh. too. He, there was a lot was, of. Uh huh, yeah. Which. He's not, it's not taking the Lord's name in vain. It's using the Lord's name to say, wow, that's sounds good to me or uh-huh. awesome. You right. Know? It's borderline. <laughs> a borderline for, for them. I don't have a problem with it at all. No, I don't either. <laughs> I don't either. I don't have a problem. I think that uh, God might appreciate, you know, somebody saying something like that yes. in such a joyful way. Our God is good. Yeah, exactly. Good. God, we're good at this music stuff. (laughs) Uh, You mentioned Portland getting asked to just jump up and down. Mm -hmm. That happens at a minute and 13 seconds. Say, Portland, I wonder can I get you to just jump up and down. I would say that that was the extent of Prince's dancing on this tour, really, was. I mean, he did a few little things with his feet and his arms and his face and his neck. But he was not doing the splits. Things were a little different. Uh, yeah. And well, I think he was carrying more of the musical load too. I mean, think about the rave into the year 2000 video that we watched. He played guitar. He was doing the splits on a rug like 15 times in a row. It's true. That was I'm... just two and a half years prior to the show where he was not doing that kind of thing. Yeah. He's wearing different kind of outfits too. They were tailor suits, and uh-huh. uh, I don't know if the suits were a you know made to accommodate his physical nature at that uh-huh. point, or vice versa. Right. I don't know. I don't know either. Interesting. Mm-hmm. 
But then that's the end of the verses and the lyrics on this song. We get the full versions of Take Me With You, full version of Raspberry Beret. But here we don't even get to the plastic boobs and clip-on curls, no, which I No, which missed. is your favorite part, yeah. I enjoyed it a lot. So I, for whatever reason, that's out. And there's a whole new section of band solos that are in here. The balcony gets another shout out. Mm-hmm. I heard you upstairs going old school with me. I heard you upstairs going old school with me. Say what? Say what? Ooh, ooh. Come on, y'all. Which it's funny to think in 2002 he was thinking of ooh, ooh, uh-huh. as old school. Yeah. But we get those band solos, the Latin breakdown and guitar solo, similar to the album version at 2 minutes and 21 seconds, yeah, which, which is really I, great. Yeah, it's amazing yeah and the interplay of the instruments there where they they aren't all playing together they're kind of playing one after another exactly and it's really lovely and Mm -hmm. funky and and everybody gets a, a spotlight yeah that is exactly one thing i wanted to say that just one thing of note here how much prince seemed to enjoy letting other music musicians get their time in the spotlight during this tour as he like took a backseat and played rhythm guitar behind other people's solos and then got to revel in the spotlight himself. It seemed like he was very comfortable stepping back and, you know, letting John Blackwell have a drum solo and letting two different sax players and a horn player have their solos and Renato with piano. I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah, I thought it was great. You mentioned a point earlier where you can hear Prince singing off the mic, and he does that a lot. And there's one point at four minutes and four seconds during a sax solo that you can hear him shout out, Hey! From way <laughs> off the mic. He was just having fun. Yeah. Good. I always like it when you can hear him obviously having a very good time. Yep. He reminds people, I told you we were going to get deep tonight. Now jump up and down. <laughs> That's at four minutes and 46 seconds. Uh-huh. You, we were gonna get deep tonight. Everybody jump up and down. I'm not quite sure why he says at five minutes and sixteen seconds, I'm from Minneapolis. I don't play that. I'm from Minneapolis, I don't play that. Because clearly he does, and it doesn't sound <laughs> well, like Well, and I don't know what he's what he doesn't play. Yeah, what I'm is not he sure. referring to? There's gotta be something I don't like. I don't play that homie. Is what I think of. That's I don't know why homie follows that. I don't know why either. <laughs> but in my brain, it always follows that, and I don't quite know what it means. Yeah, it's fun. It I, is I fun. just don't quite know. And then you know we have our first fake end. Thank you. Good night. Which I was like, what? What are you? What are you talking about? This is like song four. True. And then I realized, oh, no, this is just two. Yeah, you have to remember, it's been an hour and a half already. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the, he first does it, does it at five minutes and 24 seconds. Thank mm-hmm. you. Good night. Yep. I ain't through. And then I keep playing again. Yep. I ain't through. And then Candy gets a shout out. Yep. Audience does a call and repeat. Yeah, with some ow. Mm-hmm. And then we have another thank you and good night. Thank and you. I'm like, he's good such night. a faker. Thank you. Good night. Faker. Well, and then even as he says that, we get treated to a minute and 20 seconds of audience screaming on the album. <laughs> I guess to 
emulate the amount of time that passed between that song and these piano solos that come up next. But yeah, I thought that was a little overkill on the disc too. Cause I'm like, Hey Siri, next song. Yeah. About 13 seconds into the audience is screaming. <laughs> I guess I just don't, don't have as much of an issue with it. Cause I always feel like it's more of a concert experience and maybe it's because I'm doing other things often when I'm listening to this. And I, obviously I'm sit down and I make notes, but I also listen to it doing other things, cooking breakfast or whatever. And I guess I'm at the concert in my head while the eggs uh, are on the stove. <laughs> See, I'm at the concert in my head, walking the dog, thinking I'm not going to walk another 80 seconds and listen to people screaming. It's going to have to change. <laughs> but then he has everybody sit down yes. and get comfortable. Yes. And we're going to get comfortable real quick with a quick break. We'll be right back. Everyone, no matter how big a geek you are, has movies that they haven't seen that have other geeks saying, how have you never seen this movie? Well, we're here to help. At the Now You've Seen It podcast, we help you fill those gaps in your geek cred one movie at a time. Each episode, a guest who is watching the movie for the first time joins our rotating cast of hosts and panelists to discuss the movie and compare seeing it through fresh eyes versus seeing it with eyes filtered through the lens of nostalgia. You can find Now You've Seen It on Facebook at facebook.com slash now you've seen it, no apostrophe, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for sticking with us through that quick break. Now we're finally at the song that the yes that the tour is named after yes right here in the encore yes we get to one Be- night alone beginning of the encore <laughs> it's real brief yes a minute and 13 seconds mm-hmm. he does uh, a purple spotlight instead of a pale right. blue spotlight yes interesting yeah it makes more princely sense that way yes definitely notice that you know as he says, let me hear you scream, that it's 95% women screaming. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Also notable, notice, notable that no one has heard the song at this point mm-hmm. because it hasn't been released on the piano, solo voice and piano disc yet. Right. Well, that hasn't come out yet. Right. Yes. At this point in time, because this was recorded on the 29th of April. Mm-hmm. In Seattle. Yes. He skips a lot of it. He does. Yeah. Truncated. That's just fine. Especially yeah, just, since nobody knows. Nobody, nobody knows, knows that it almost, it's... Yeah. They're just, oh, oh, hey. That's the name of this tour. Hey. Yeah, this is yeah. almost like a teaser of what's to come. Yeah. I thought it was... anything else. Fine. Yeah, kind of an introduction to the piano portion mm-hmm. of this tour. Yes. Then we have... The first song from Houston, which is where you and I saw this show. Yep. On the 14th of April, yes. 2002, at what was then the Verizon Wireless Theater. Mm-hmm. It was a theater with no wires. <laughs> That's not true. There were wires. <laughs> there were wires. <laughs> and yeah. the song he played was Adore. Yep. Yes. I kept listening 
to try to hear you screaming because we have an audience recording of this entire show. Yeah, it granted, came. it came from a guy in a trench coat who was standing right in front of us. We yes. were in row two, center uh-huh. stage. Yes, row one, center stage was Joe Trenchcoat, who we think was definitely recording the show. Well, because it was unseasonably warm to have a trench coat. Yep. First of all, I'm surprised. I mean, you think of it now, like he probably wouldn't even gotten into the theater wearing oh, a trench coat like that. I'm if, sure if not. Security. Then had been what it is now. Yeah. Of course, now no one would get into the show because we're all locked in our own homes. <laughs> yes. Which makes Gathering recording like- a show even harder. <laughs> yeah. This is a tough time for bootleggers. I don't. Th- I don't think that we have recognized the hit <laughs> on the bootleg industry. <laughs> and this guy didn't dance. Didn't yep. move. Uh, nothing. Like he tried not to sit down or stand up too much. Yes. You're right. I, it could have been two children, one on <laughs> the shoulders of the other, for all two, we know. <laughs> two very short people right. standing on one another's yes. shoulders. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, you screaming was very noticeable on this audience recording. I that remember we have. when you got it, it was only a few weeks later that yeah. you came across this and somebody, I don't know, said, Hey, Josh, didn't you go to that Houston show? Yeah. Here, let me let me help you out a little bit. And I was like, that's me. Yes. (laughs) So if you've heard a bootleg of the Houston show, you've heard me screaming probably. Yes. Woo, 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 woo. (laughs) (laughs) Those are your screams. Yeah. I just don't want to scream right now. (laughs) (laughs) There's no, there's no reason. No, there's not. No. Speaking of screaming, all Prince had to sing is until the end of time, uh-huh. and everybody goes bananas. <laughs> yeah. Bananas. Until the end of time. It's great. It is very good. This is a long, it's not the full version of Adore, and it's filled with ad-libs and pauses and Prince toying with the audience, You're but it's so still fun. like five and a half minutes of him doing this yeah. on the piano, which yeah. is a lot of fun. It's so fun. He says that little ad lib, you don't want to know what I said. You don't want to know what I said to you. Mm-hmm. And I said, I beg to differ. There is room for disagree right here. <laughs> he's not looking for a conversation. <laughs> no, These he's are not. All, this is a, the most rhetorical concert <laughs> you could have ever gone to. <laughs> Between the can I plays and then... This kind of stuff. Yes. He's, it is a very rhetorical concert. This. It reminded me of the Purple Rain tour when he would do a little piano bit uh, and then say, I'm going to stand over here till you make up your mind. You <laughs> just walk over and lean up against the pole and the crowd would go bananas. And this was kind of a more mature version of it. Uh-huh. You don't want to know what I said to you. <laughs> <laughs> I know you love the part at three minutes. Where he says, you could burn up my clothes, <laughs> smash up my... Uh-oh. Oh, yeah. No, it's so great. It's Funny Prince. Yes. You can, you can burn up my clothes. You can, you can smash up my... Uh-oh. I love uh, Funny Prince. Don't smash up my ride. Uh-huh. Don't smash up the ride. He, uh, then... Escorted out to the driveway by his girlfriend to uh-huh. be shown what. Some she could drive it home. It's got to be fixable. Why yeah. does he have to get a new one? 
get you another one. Because she's upset. He's like, don't worry, baby. I'll take care of it for you. No, he says, so, I'll get you a new one. Uh-huh. Not, uh, yeah. we'll get it. We're going to call USAA and take care of this. Uh, oh, no, no. <laughs> no, he's going to get her a new one because okay. he can sell that one. But, oh, by the way... I'll get you anything you want. Well, but that one's kind of expensive. It's a little expensive now. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> what kind you want? That's a little expensive now. Come on. And the part I was trying to get to that I know you liked when you, before you had gone back and listened to this was the Twilight Zone music. <laughs> <laughs> the moment you can just imagine Prince's face. It's a little probably like what's shown on the cover. <laughs> On the outside of the box with him with his thinking pose. Mm -hmm. Like, what am I going to do about this? Which you're not supposed to do now either. If he has clean hands, it's okay. Yes. Oh, no. No, it's it's good to know that crying can get you off the hook for bad behavior with Prince. If you're a woman and someone that he is attracted to, <laughs> it's an escape route. <laughs> like if Renato had driven his car and wrecked it, I don't think that uh, he would have been given the same <laughs> True. treatment. Right. So yeah, Prince wouldn't be offering to replace his ride. No, he was a generous man, but your actions have consequences. And then he does a really superb job of rolling a door into I Want to Be Your Lover, yes. even though it's recorded 16 days later in yes. Portland. Yes, definitely. I want to be your mother. I want to be like no other. Uh-huh. I want to be your I want to be more than your brother. Yeah. And then, which are lyrics from a door yeah. and that roll right into yes. I Want to Be Your Lover. Yeah, and this, uh, like you said, recorded April 30th back in Portland. I would just say on this one, because it's only a minute and 22 seconds, just try to listen to only his piano playing. It's so fast in places, and he doesn't miss a note playing or singing. Granted, he's been playing and singing this this song for, what, 24 years at this point? Yes. Uh, And he gives space to the audience for them to sing, but not, like we were saying before, in a lazy way. It's a, you know, help me out, where I'm a one guy up here with... Both my hands are busy, and my feet are busy, uh-huh. my mouth is busy, uh-huh. and I'm trying to play all the parts, and, and it was just great. It really, well, I really thought the interaction with the audience was super special with this one. It was just, it was very nice. It was a fun thing to hear. Yeah, it's a it, magic that you only get, sort of alchemy that only happens at live shows. Yeah, or I mean, in this case, truly only did happen at live shows because right. it will never happen again. Well, no, but I mean, it was. This is why people wanted live recordings. Yeah. Because there is this special sort of interaction that you just can't really reproduce in a studio. Yeah. 
Yeah. So especially with a song like this that you've been familiar with for decades, more than two decades, and it's a kind of a surprise, even though you know it's rehearsed, he's worked on this, it seems very spontaneous. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like an easy thing for him to call back and play and sing in his falsetto like he did on record in 1979. Yeah. Uh, it's all here. So this was a little minute and 22 seconds of near perfection. Yes. And again, a super smooth transition back to Houston. Yes. It's so, so well done. Whoever put these together did a great job. I don't know. Was it whoever put these together did such a great job or he was so well rehearsed that it was an easy thing to do or both? I'm sure. Well, at least the latter because Prince was never unrehearsed. That's fair. But it does roll right into do me baby. Yes. At 40 seconds. A finger Take snap. me baby. Ugh. Uh-huh. Yeah. This deep, he's singing in this beautiful falsetto, <laughs> and it always makes me laugh or smile when, you know, we get the this deep, heavy guttural. Uh. Uh. <laughs> so, I'm sorry, you were going to mention some finger snaps? Yes. I really mm-hmm. enjoyed those. Yeah. It was super fun. He says, you know I'm scared of you, right? I'm like, what a powerful audience we were. Now, you know I'm scared of you, right? <laughs> That's he was right. frightened of us. He was. We, we were able scared. to intimidate. It was that guy they in the trench coat three who tall man. scared the crap out of him. <laughs> <laughs> he scared me a little bit, but... <laughs> yes, but uh, yeah, he says that after the audience sings, or our audience, we. We can say we, we. because we were That's two right. parts of this chorus singing behind him. They sing uh, the, the chorus for him, and it sounds great. Yeah. And I think that's what impresses him yeah. and makes him scared. <laughs> We're going to come take over his job. <laughs> yeah. Look out, you one man. There are 4,000 of us coming for you. <laughs> At a minute and 24 seconds, there's a falsetto also of him singing that I thought was just really amazing and uh-huh. pretty at the very end of, near the end of the song. Yep, and the little dancing keyboards right there mm-hmm. at the end were really nice, too. Yep. And I had to look this up because there's this 40-second track after this that is titled Condition of the Heart Interlude, also from the show we were at in Houston on the 14th of April. And my only note here is Condition of the Heart uh if you say so, I guess. <laughs> I wouldn't have recognized it at all. No, me either. There may be elements from it, but it was not like a, oh, that's, you know, from the very beginning of the, that song that's, you know, filled with those piano parts. Yeah, and I'm didn't... a little surprised that they pulled it out and didn't just kind of make it part of... The end of Doomy Baby? Yeah, just make that... That's true. I mean, it was already kind of short, just, they could you have. know... One less track. And maybe in his mind, this was a rearrangement of Condition of the Heart. That's fair. But had it not been tracked and labeled, I would have never made the connection. Right. 
And then a crowd pleaser in Portland. And a surprise, right? And a big surprise. Diamonds and Pearls. Yes. Uh, just sung beautifully by Prince and the crowd. You know, mm-hmm. he hits his falsettos in this. And Diamonds and Pearls is very... It's got some baritone moments yeah. where he goes really super deep. Run away. I would never yes. run away. Yeah. Yes. And he sings it really great. Yes. I personally really like it when he sings, especially his ballads in a lower register. Then mm-hmm. I love his falsetto, of course, but it's always like Diamonds and Pearls is kind of built that way. It's built for his lower register voice, yeah, which makes it kind of unique, I guess, because a lot of his ballads are sung in a falsetto. Yeah. So I don't know. That's just a little special moment to mm-hmm. me. It's, it is just a moment. 40, just, yeah. 42 seconds. Yep. It's as long as condition of the heart, if you say so. <laughs> <laughs> and then we have another song from Purple Rain. Right. The beautiful one. Yep. And people recognize it as soon as the piano starts playing. Well, this is what people were coming to see a yeah, lot of to them. get a glimpse of yes and you get a little bit more about this of, of this song i mean this is back to this and diamonds and pearls by the way is back in portland on the 30th of april but it seems like even with the highly recognizable beginning of that song the little piano portion it seems like it takes a good eight seconds for it to hit the crowd that this is a song they know and it's time to scream and like, Oh my uh-huh. gosh, he's playing this for us. Right. Yeah. And the whole audience loves it as they do as they are want to do. Yes. I did like towards the end of the song, he starts talking, you know, paint a perfect picture. What did they do? Smash it every time. And he asks, would you ever do that to me, baby? You know, and everyone's uh-huh. like, no. And he <laughs> yeah. says, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> gonna do that to me baby yeah right yes it was funny prince it was funny prince and there's another kind of off the mic moment where he kind of fades like they hurt you every time and it kind of fades like he's moving back from the microphone Mm -hmm. which i thought was cool yeah Yeah, he's not one to swallow the mic, as Mm-mm. a lot of artists tend to do. He has his moments on the mic and likes to vocalize when he's not on the mic. Yes. Well, and I'm, I think he maybe had his mic set up differently than people typically have to do it. They don't now. That A lot of times you see people swallowing the mic, they're sitting right up on the microphone and uh you know my friend jackie who's Mm -hmm. my co-host for killer fun she's music professional and she's like i wish they would give them a little more play with the microphone and i think prince always had a little bit more play with the microphone (laughs) he didn't have to be right on top of it to be well heard and it's a it's settings and type of microphone and Things like that. So Good point. And I think he also liked to be heard when he was off the mic. Yes. Kind of cueing the band and doing these interjections and counting things off. It was cool to hear him giving these instructions, even though most likely the bands that he had did not need instructions. They knew when the one and the two and the three and the four, all the way to eight, they knew it all. (laughs) (laughs) That high. Yes. (laughs) 
So the count off was just to make sure everyone was together. And it also, it's a sign of a band leader. Yes. Then we have a song that Prince had not released himself, but had been twice released. Actually, he had Had. released it himself on the hits and the B-sides. There was a live version there. Which is the reason that it's, you know, at that time that we got suckered into buying it is because it had four songs that were new and the B-sides CD that had some B-sides that had never been released on CD before. But you're you're right that there had not been a studio version of the song released by Prince, but there had been a live version released That's before. Right. And yeah. this was also a live version. It was also a live yes. version. But go ahead and you know the other two times it was released oh, that you yes. mentioned, I'm sure. The Family but, yeah. and Sinead O'Connor. Yep. Yep. So we're back in Portland again for this one, too. I think this was another, maybe a little bit of a surprise. A hit, but not his own hit. Yeah. And certainly a song people knew at that point. Oh, yeah. Great vocal beginning and candy on the saxophone. And then the full band joins in for this one, too. This is not just a solo performance by Prince. In fact, candy gets a lot of love in the song. She sure does. A minute and 13 seconds. When he says, if you love her, show it now. Ladies and gentlemen, Miss Candy Dolfer. Mm-hmm. If you love her, show it now. Ladies and gentlemen, Candy Dolfer. That's neat. I was thinking about that this morning, listening to this one last time before we sat down to record, about how long at this point Candy had worked with Prince. It had been since like 1988, 1989 when Candy first met Prince and started recording with him and now... This is 13, 14 years later that she's touring with him, and that's kind of cool. Yeah, that's a very long a relationship lot. for Prince to have with somebody. It is, yeah. As she's doing her solo, um, I love the little moment that Prince says, Hands up for love, y'all. Mm-hmm. Hands up for love, y'all. Very yeah. nice moment. Yeah, it's really cool. He does say y'all a lot during these shows. Hmm. Y'all was just, it was a word that I noticed he said quite a bit. Yeah, a word that you use, but I do not use. Right. And it's interesting because I'm, you know, grew up here in South Texas where we currently live. Yeah. You mostly grew up in the Midwest. And Uh then Prince was a little further north, still Midwest, but northern part of Midwest. Yeah. And he says y'all and I say y'all. And I do not. And you do not. Okay. You don't say use guys either. I do not. No. No. I try to keep my accent very middle of the road. I'm a proud American. Okay. <laughs> That's great. I'm I'm glad. As no. long as you're not like xenophobic about it. Uh, <laughs> you must remove your shoes, y'all. <laughs> Maybe it was just in contrast with Not the entire show, but there were a lot of polarizing songs sung on this collection. Yes. Um, This song sounds much more uniting and universal than ever Mm -hmm. here to me. Um, It's a good length, three minutes and like 50 seconds, 48 seconds. So it's not too long, not too short. I like the whole bit where he's with a piano and he says, you you can come home if you want to. Oh, yeah, at the end. It's real. It's sweet. Yeah. Come home if you want to. Before we get to the very end, though, I just wanted to point out that for a door and one night alone, it sounds like all the women screaming. Uh huh. But at two minutes and 33 seconds in this song, 
He says, Portland, I want to hear your voices. And the crowd sings the chorus. And it sounds like a chorus of men to me. Oh. Did you notice that? I didn't. You've got to go back and listen to it. It sounds like a whole bunch of testosterone singing. Nothing. (laughs) It is a lot of men. Oh, interesting. Oh, Portland. I want to hear you. Everybody, top of your voices. Interesting. Yep. And then uh, I liked this bit too. They say that money doesn't buy you happiness, but it'll pay for the search. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's funny. They say that money don't buy you happiness, but it'll pay for the search. It is a nice turn of phrase of very princely in nature. Mm-hmm. And then he rolls into... A song very connected again to the 1999 era that we Mm -hmm. finished recently again with the uh, expanded edition, super deluxe edition. And he rolls into it by saying, ultimately what you find out is ain't none of us truly free. And then he goes into don't sleep till the sun rise. And everyone knows, I think a lot of people recognize this song. For sure. They absolutely recognize Free, and it's just minute and change, the first verse and the chorus. Yep. And a nice rearrangement, I guess you could say, Um, because you do have the full band again, um, but it's not the same as the studio version, the album version. It is a little differently arranged, Mm -hmm. I guess you could say. Yeah. Which I thought was nice. And then the audience is rewarded with another one that they know. The weird and lovely Starfish and Coffee from Sign of the Times. Almost the same length, too, mm-hmm. as the previous song, Free. And both yes. of which were performed in Seattle on April 29th. Yeah, you get a short little snippet with the full band. Mm-hmm. And like Free, we just get the first verse and a chorus and... 80s fans are over the moon. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's kind of a deep cut from the 80s, I guess you could say. Yeah, deep cut that was on the Muppets. (laughs) Yeah, it was. (laughs) So was Raspberry Beret. Maybe that's what he was doing. He wanted to recreate those Muppet moments. That's right. There you go. And then we have uh, Sweet and Mournful Diddy from Parade. Sometimes it snows in April. Yeah, I think that if any song since Prince's passing has become harder to listen to, it's got to be this one. Which is so sad because I love this song. I love it too. It was sad to begin with. Yeah. Um, But then with the timing of his passing in April and a song about how you expect April to be, you know, new beginnings and Mm -hmm. things coming to life and sometimes the opposite happens. Um, that stings. It still stings. Yeah. I did like the full band being in this one too, because the studio recording is mostly acoustic, especially after he says Tracy died after a long fought civil war. And you get this snare drum thing from John Blackwell that kind of sounds like a, like a civil war army Mm -hmm. drummer. Yeah. Which is interesting. I thought the sax over the chorus was mm-hmm. just right. It, was, it wasn't too loud, and it kind of acted like a backup singer. And I thought that was really effective. Yeah. Yeah. Unlike other songs in this sort of piano portion of the show, 
Here we have a song that was already stripped down in the studio version, and instead there are more instruments added than are taken away. So uh-huh. it's not a stripped down version, it's a dressed up version mm-hmm. of Starfish and Coffee. And drums, when there's no drums Starfish on the... Starfish and Coffee? I'm sorry, sometimes it snows in April is what I meant to say. Drums, there's no drums on the studio version of the song right. at all. Yeah. It's like, sometimes it snows in April, but on its tuxedo... That's right. Sometimes it gets <laughs> dressed up funeral. in April. Oh, <laughs> yeah. that's well. sad. Um, I love the ending of the song. Love, it isn't love until it's had. It's just really pretty mm-hmm. ending to the song. And it almost sounds like that could be the end of the concert again, even though he doesn't pretend to say goodnight or right. anything. But that just kind of might seem like a fitting ending. But no, no. Prince still keeps your picture beside his bed with another song from 1999. How Come You Don't Call Me Anymore? Mm-hmm. Back in Portland, Oregon for five minutes of How Come You Don't Call Me Anymore? And I'm so glad that this version is different than like the live version that we just covered from 1999. Yes. This is much different. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the whole band mm-hmm. is the, in for the chorus, yes. starting the chorus. Sing it. is really great when we're so used to hearing it just prints in a piano. Right. When performed live. Yeah. 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 Or even the studio versions, of course. I'd say this is another song that qualifies as a rearrangement, a great rearrangement, and with more more instruments added, dressed Mm -hmm. up rather than stripped down. Yeah. Which is sort of like Prince's outfits during this era, too. Uh Uh-huh. They were more cover-up than... Stripped down. Stripped down. (laughs) You know, he, we get the uh, ad lib from the studio version spoken by Prince at a minute and 30 seconds. Maybe they think we look kind of cute together. I don't know. That you and me should never part. Maybe they thought we look kind of cute together. I don't know. Which I think is neat. I think it's cool that he remembers that ad lib. Because if you were following along on a lyric sheet or something with that song, that seems like a line that would not be in the lyrics. It's yeah, just a little aside. I don't. I think that might just be him being good at making it sound like an ad lib. Yeah, yeah. Because he always says it. He does. He does not forget. No, we're breaking little prince's heart. Why you want to go breaking little prince's heart? The yow scream at almost like two minutes and 29 seconds that goes on for 15 seconds before the song continues. Oh, did you not like that? I don't like it. Oh, I thought that you would have loved it. You love Prince's screaming. It was just... I love Prince's screaming when it's him screaming, but it's this weird echoey. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, oh. I kind of thought it was like good technical performance by whoever was mm-hmm. running the show. Cause you know that he told him, look at this point, I'm going to scream and I want you to capture that scream and I want you to immediately echo it. I'm going to stop and we're just going to have this cavernous echo of my screaming. Yeah. So execution wise, I just thought nice job. Yes. I can appreciate the, execution and technical expertise that it required i still don't like it wow i smell a c (laughs) (laughs) 
Then Prince decides to get the audience in on this again with Call Me. You make a black man want to moan tonight. Sing it. And he puts somebody on the spot at three Uh minutes and 41 seconds. (laughs) And that dude hits it great with his falsetto hey. Uh Uh-huh. You make a black man want to moan tonight. Sing it. He does it really well. And then immediately Prince goes into, you make a white girl want to moan tonight too. And she just goes kind of nuts. You make a white girl want to moan sometime too. With an echo on it. And Prince says, miss, I just want to say crack kills. That was a funny moment. It was a funny moment. Miss, I just want to say crack kills. And then, you know, the rhetorical, can I play one more? Can I play one more? Rhetorical and, I don't know, I'm serious now. We're going to do one more and then it'll be done. Yeah, (laughs) it's a a warning. Yeah, the lights are blinking. (laughs) Uh, I loved how what he said he didn't want to leave you with, which was uh-huh. worrying about some stupid fool calling you up on the phone. I don't want to leave you worrying about some stupid fool calling you up on the phone. This is how we want to leave it. Mm-hmm. And it's a much more serious thing. Right. Anastasia. Yep. In Los Angeles, April 19th. Mm-hmm. I thought Rhonda's backup vocals here really work. Oh, yeah. You mentioned how... Um, how they really worked earlier. Yes, I totally and I agree. That this was another really good example of. Yeah, it fit really well. Yeah. Another example of how Prince liked to admonish you if you did not know the lyrics. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you know the words of the song, sing along. If not, You'd better ask somebody. Uh, like someone's going to take the time to explain this to you in the middle of the show. No. If you know the words to this song, sing along. If not, you better ask somebody. Uh, maybe you should just not sing if you don't know <laughs> yeah, the lyrics. I might just listen carefully. Uh-huh. That, that'll work. The Los Angeles shout-outs are really fun. They are. Even way early in the song. Yeah. Um, like at 57 seconds, there's some guitar noodling going on before the second verse. It's just a second or two, but really great. And you've got to really kind of force yourself to listen and recognize it. But it's just stuff that Prince is doing live with a guitar that did not happen on the studio version. And he's just he's just playing. Mm-hmm. Which I think is really, really cool. Yeah. The same thing happens at a minute and 27 seconds right before he says, we could live for a little while if you could just learn to smile. Mm -hmm. We could live for a little while if you could just learn to smile. Yeah. When you say Los Angeles gets a lot of shout outs, two minutes and eight seconds, where he says... Maybe, maybe, maybe I could learn to love the right way. Los Angeles, perhaps you could show me, baby. Uh-huh. It's a yeah. very cool way to get yeah. the crowd into it. Maybe, maybe, maybe I could learn to love. I mean the right way. Los Angeles, perhaps you can show me, baby. And I thought this song really fit with the Rainbow Children content. Mm-hmm. Love is God, God is love, girls and boys love God above. Yeah. 
was what he got the entire crowd singing. This is the refrain, the chorus. This is what's going on in this whole song. And it's easy enough to get the audience to sing, even if they don't know. And they have to ask somebody. Prince is going to tell them they'll have to ask somebody. Yeah, it's only like six words, something like that. Yeah. Yes. But I thought it really fit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. For sure. Then more... Another fake end and more Los Angeles love. Yes, at like four minutes and 46 seconds, the song builds back in. And did you notice that the beat changed a little bit to the song at this point? No, I didn't. You're going to have to go back and give it another listen because starting at that point... They're using the sampled beat from The Greatest Romance Ever Sold. While Prince asks questions about God and how he should be worshipped and mocking, we should champion our diversity and claiming we should champion our similarities, meet on a higher level. We should champion our similarities, not our differences. And then also, by the way, join the NPG Music Club. <laughs> yeah. I thought I'm like, wow, hey, let's yes. throw an advertisement in here at the end. Yep. NPG Music Club, they in the good seats. If y'all want to be down here with us, you got to join the club. Yeah. All of that is done over the greatest romance oh, ever sold. I didn't notice. But now that I'm listening to it again in my head, I believe you. And see where you're coming from. I'm not trying to mislead you. No, I didn't think you were. And then, like, all of the band members, again, get a little spotlight at the end of this song. Mm-hmm. There's uh, uh, seven minutes and 18 seconds. There's a p- bass and piano breakdown. Seven minutes and 27 seconds. Princess Candy, toot a little bit. Which I would have Sounds like she's had some beans. <laughs> they were in Houston. <laughs> no, they were in Los Angeles. Oh, this was Los Angeles. Well, they but... had been in Houston. Gas sticks with you. <laughs> oh, I'm sure there's plenty of yeah, you're beanie right. food in Los Angeles. Yeah. Well, and I thought it was interesting how he had the same sort of earnestness with the desire for people to worship God mm-hmm. in the song as he had in one plus one plus one is three, but it was much less uncomfortable. It was yep. more welcoming and less preachy, less mm-hmm. dividing. Yep. Yes, yeah. definitely a more uniting song is Anastasia. There's, uh, you know, even things that Prince says, like, we're going home tonight in harmony and in love. That's the group, y'all. That's the group. That's how we go. In harmony and in love. You know, these are united, uniting messages that actually sound a little counter to the lyrical content of some of the Mm -hmm. Rainbow Children. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then I, the end, 11 minutes and 57 seconds, I thought, what a tease. There's all these space sounds Uh and this kind of instrumental bit at the end. You know they thought he was coming back for more. Yeah, Yeah, because the band was still there, kind of winding down. Mm -hmm. 
And that followed the return of this distorted Rainbow Children narrator introducing all the members of the band one more time right. and also ending the show with the way the Rainbow Children album opens with the accurate understanding of God and his law. They went about the work of building a new nation. The Rainbow Children were the final words of Prince during this song, this yeah. concert. With an accurate understanding of God and his law, they went about the work actually just like the concert opened it can't kind of came full circle there you go like the o and one night alone yeah it all fits together <laughs> we made it know? back you start at the top you go all the way around and then you end yes. the same place you started exactly yes. we could use this concert for children's lessons in writing letters <laughs> Okay. All right. Well, we've covered all the music that we're going to talk about. We have finished this disc, finished this concert. Now it's time for us to make some selections. Okay. We have rules. They're my rules. So I go first, but let me tell you what they are. Briefly, we choose a time capsule, something that exemplifies the time at which the music was recorded or when it was released. The choice is up to the host making that selection. We choose a C, the S-E-A, the low point, the thing that we like the least. It doesn't necessarily have to be bad. It could be bad, but it might. It's just the thing that we didn't, didn't speak to us. And then the mountain, the high point, our favorite bit. Yeah. Yes. So the time capsule. I chose the Everlasting Now okay. because it was the most fun of the new songs that he played. Good reason. Yeah. That's almost like a time mountain. Yeah. Or mountain time. Mountain, mountain time. I think it's the one that people, if they were going to leave singing any of the new songs, it mm. was probably that one yeah or at least they were saying what was that song that we jumped up and down to uh-huh. my, my feet still hurt yeah. <laughs> yeah what was that it was funky and fun what was that yeah do we need to buy the rainbow children yeah you probably do yeah if you went to that concert you probably need to buy it yeah true i found the time capsule to be particularly tough because it's such a mix of songs yeah as old as 1979 and as new as 2002 and not even released yet that people heard so i'm gonna go with prince saying if you don't know you better ask somebody (laughs) that's a time capsule moment in prince history right now and he did it a lot during this era so um, if i had heard just a snippet of a show that i hadn't heard before and i heard prince say those words i would say (laughs) that must have been on the one night alone tour okay that's an excellent choice all right the c well, you called it already, the echoey bit. Did I of- smell it early on? <laughs> I'm a bloodhound. <laughs> yes, that echoey bit of why don't you call me anymore is... I think it's called how come, come you, you don't, don't call, call me, me anymore. I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> if I can say starfish and coffee instead of whatever, oh, sometimes it snows in <laughs> April, <laughs> then, I can- then you can call it why don't you call me anymore. <laughs> Why is it I don't get texts from you sometimes? <laughs> That's the updated version of it. I just, that bit was annoying and I just, I just didn't like it. Wow. I just, that was the part that I didn't care for. I thought it was going to be a part that you thought was really cool. Oh, well. And I was dead wrong. No, it's all right. 
for me, I didn't really find any down points on this disc other than, you know, the stuff that we talked about lyrically on the Rainbow Children album that might have been a little tough to swallow in parts. Yeah. But overall, I thought disc two here is really enjoyable. Yeah. Um, especially the moments of just Prince on piano, I think are great. So I thought I was either going to have to go with how Prince mimicked Rebecca and how poor Rebecca was so clueless to the whole thing. Um, But I think I might go with something that's not on this disc that I think should have been, which was uh, the song Last December isn't performed and isn't part of this disc. And I thought it was one of the best songs on the album. It was an awesome album closer. And I sort of pictured that being the closer for this album. Um, but it doesn't appear anywhere, and I would have loved to have heard it performed. That's super fair. Excellent. The absence is a presence. Yes. It not being there felt wrong. <laughs> That's right. It's absence is a presence. I agree with you. All right. And then the mountain, the thing that we like the most, I have to pick a door because it's funny prints. It's unendingly funky yeah it's faithful enough for fans to participate but there's enough different to keep it interesting and be enjoyable and funny and kind of a little audience participation he's really playing off the crowd it has that flawless roll into the next song using the lyrics that it was is so well done from start to finish and super fun and and we were there for it so yeah that, i wish i remembered it more vividly me too um and i don't it was just so it's long ago it's been a long time yeah yeah i would also say in addition to the reasons you picked it there are times in prince concert history that he went into these monologues or dialogues where he was there and the person he was talking to was not whether it be god or a girlfriend that sometimes got a little self-indulgent and yes. it does not do that here it's it's uh kind of endearing and funny uh and enjoyable and so that's an, another good reason to yeah. to love that one yeah i'm with you for me, the mountain was anesthesia. Um, yeah. Just I found it great that in this new place of spirituality that Prince found himself in, that he finds a song off an album 14 years old at that point to close this concert with, and he doesn't have to change a thing about it to make it great. He doesn't have to change the cross into the Christ. It's, you know, um, uh, it's a somewhat deep cut into a Prince catalog. Fans love it. And I think it's also fitting that Anastasia is from Love Sexy, yes. an album released 22 years to the date from uh, us recording this podcast. Oh. Uh, May 10th, 1988, Love Sexy was released. So how can that not be a mountain? What an awesome coincidence. So the Excellent. first time anyone ever heard, most people ever heard Anastasia, studio version, was 22 years ago today on the date of our podcast recording awesome that's great what a cool little tidbit and an excellent selection i can't argue with anastasia at all it was excellent and fit so well and Mm -hmm. you know prince talking to himself yes you know through time even though it calls back a drumbeat from a song that i am not a huge fan of (laughs) still worked really well yeah 
All right. So next time. Next time. Oh, am I supposed to come prepared with something? Jeez. <laughs> uh, next time I am prepared. We're continuing this One Night Alone tour with the third disc. Why it's not just disc three of One Night Alone, I don't know. It's a separate disc. One Night Alone, the after show. It ain't over. So we get a glimpse into uh, a little bit of the after show performances that happen in this time period and we look forward to sharing it with you absolutely that is going to be super fun because after shows were varied and an animal in and to themselves they were rarely the same twice they were oh yeah different from the concert it was playing what prince wants to play yeah and it's it's filled with special guests too, and we'll uh, we'll have some fun with it. Yep. Well, thank you for listening. We know that you make a choice when you listen to us. We so appreciate it. If you give us a rate and review on Apple Podcasts or anywhere you listen to your podcast, it really does help us get found. Do tell a friend because it's more fun when you listen to a friend. When you listen with a friend, not you to a friend, to you maybe too. should listen to your friends as well. <laughs> maybe you have a friend who's telling you, listen to this podcast. That, that's right. That's a friend to listen to. That's right. And until next time, happy purple listening. Thanks.